Hi and welcome to Series 5, Episode 2 of the Canny Conversations podcast, powered by the Pathway Group. My name's Mark Wakeley, one of the team who bring you these podcasts. In this series, Safras Ali will be talking to some of the business people he's met and worked with in his 23 years at the heart of the West Midlands business community. In this second part of the conversation with Jade Pearson, new talent manager at Seven Trent, Saf and Jade explore good leadership and how to manage your own career. Jade draws on her own experiences to explore culture and management styles, how to address performance, progression, challenges and conflicts at every level in the company. They look at the importance of how you can take control of your career and your situation, regardless of where you are. For existing leaders, those aspiring to a leadership role, or if you're at the start of your career, this episode is a useful reminder of what good looks like and a fascinating, wide-ranging and thought-provoking discussion. So let's rejoin Saf and Jade for the second half of their conversation. I want to move the topic a little bit, if I may, just mm. in terms of uh, leadership, management. You know, you've got individuals who are running departments. You know, you yourself have got a team of people. You know, good practice, bad practice. Because, you know, if you think about HR per se, you know, a lot of the time you're sort of problem solving as well for others and you see the good, the bad, and the, the mm. indifferent to a certain level. Talk a little bit about, you know, what does that look like uh, in this day and age and, and what's your experience of being inspired by you know, a good manager or a good leader mm. and, and some possibly some personal experiences of how the journey has been for you? I think it, it starts from the top, definitely. Yeah. The tone is set, whether that's good, bad or ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it starts from the most senior person in yeah. any organisation. And I think that's something that we can all reflect on. You know, lots of people talk about the shadow that you cast as yeah. a leader. Yeah. Um, so how do you show up to people? What are people saying about you when you leave the room? How are they describing you as a leader to their friends and, and their family? Um, and I don't think leaders always reflect and think about that, the impact that they're having on their teams and the people around them, either subconsciously or consciously. But if I think about really great managers and great leaders that I've worked for, it always starts with care. I genuinely feel like they care about me as an individual. They care about my growth. Mm. They want to be a champion in whatever way that they can be, whether that's to help me kind of progress or realize my aspirations or just be that go-to person to chat something through or bounce ideas around or just knowing that that person actually cares about you as an individual and cares about the things that you're you're trying to achieve. And I also think it's tricky in, tr- in times of stress sometimes. And when people are so busy, there's a risk of bunkering down and micromanaging (laughs) because what I can control happens. Um, And if I think about some of the worst managers that I've I've worked for, (laughs) it's definitely in that space. Um, I thrive as an individual in just let me, let me do it. Let me create the space, paint the vision of where you want me to get to, and then let me figure out the rest. As long as you're in the background, 
that I can kind of reach out or I can get support or have that kind of coaching or those conversations when I need to. Don't stand in my way. Don't, yeah. you know, d- don't micromanage every little thing that I do. Um, and I carry that through in in how I lead and manage others as well. Um, so I'm very naturally empowering. I am okay with people getting things wrong. I think that's where you get the best learning. And yeah. if I reflect on some of the clangers I've made, um, particularly early in my career, they're the lessons that have really stuck with me Mm. so creating that safe space where people feel like they can try stuff and and it's okay if they get it wrong now don't get me wrong if they do it twice then (laughs) then i'm not so happy (laughs) um but i think it's just allowing people to to grow and and be curious and and try different things and new Mm. things and and being there and being ready to step in and guide and support them Mm. if if and when they do need it Jade, we've probably both heard the saying that people leave, uh, managers don't leave organisations. And that rings true. I think that that's very simple, very, very singular. In terms of people leaving organisations, and, and obviously, you know, you, as an organisation, you're probably monitoring that and looking after, mm-hmm. uh, looking at staff turnover. But what's generally your experience if somebody's not feeling they're in the right place or the manager's not supportive? They love their job. They, you know, they're they're competent at it. They feel that they can. They've got the knowledge and the skills mm. to do their work. It's just that either the team environment or the culture isn't right. Yeah. Because such a large organization and many other organizations, they they they've got the right ethos, but sometimes you're in many teams and it's just not working for you. Any any sort of suggestions, advice, and and, and sort of experiences that you want to share with us? Yeah. So I think it's. Um it's I keep coming back to the circle of influence <laughs> so start with your circle of influence yeah. what is in your control yeah. and what isn't so yeah. in some of the examples that you've just used yeah. is it that you could I think quite a lot of things can get fixed by just having quite an open and honest conversation so is it that you could share with your manager or your colleague yeah. or your peer or your mm. teammates or whoever it might be that you've got that kind of challenge with mm. Can it start with an honest conversation? This is how I'm currently feeling. These are the observations I've had. Is there opportunity for me to create a bit of space? And could I lead on that rather than be micromanaged? Or is there an opportunity for me to get involved in this because I feel quite stagnated with what I'm doing at the moment? Whatever the challenge might be, I think always start with if you can have an honest conversation with people. It's tricky if you can't because that circle of influence Mm. then (laughs) gets smaller and smaller. But some of the strategies that I've used in the past is then, well, who else have I got in my network that I could go and have that conversation with? If I don't feel like I could have it with my direct line manager, is there another manager in the organization that I could go and have a conversation with? Is there somebody outside of um, the organization that I could have a bit Mm. of a coaching conversation with and learn some tips and tricks to kind of come and try again? But ultimately, it comes into what you want out of your job, your work environment, your career, what can you influence? And sometimes we have to make tough decisions. I'm I'm not for one minute advocating that everybody suddenly goes and resigns and leaves their job, but that there there comes a point where the best decision for sometimes individuals is to go and do something new or different or work somewhere else. Um, And I personally have made those calls in the past and it's been absolutely the right decision 
for me. I mean, our vocabulary in terms of the HR field has sort of uh, adapted and changed. And there's a word uh, or a couple of words that have sort of entered my sort of thought process. One of them is the great resignation as well. People just sort of feeling that they can't talk to anybody and then resign and they go and and they give you a reason that it's for personal reasons and they, Mm. they, they leave and they're now having those sort of conversations and maybe feel that they can't talk to people uh and if they feel that you know generally they can't speak to people would would you suggest you know they talk to hr or would they what would you you know what advice would you give to yeah somebody? i guess um <laughs> my, my immediate kind of internal response to that is i would feel desperately sorry yeah. um and quite saddened if i thought one of my team couldn't talk to me or be honest so I'd like to think that somebody's resignation or you know something that comes up would never be a surprise to me because we've created that environment where we can be open and honest with one another so if people can't do that I'm kind of questioning the environment that the leaders are creating yeah i get that from an individual perspective that that's tricky but definitely from a from a leadership perspective that's a bit of a red flag to me on why that environment doesn't exist but i think in terms of the individual absolutely where is your safe space Mm. have you got somebody that you could share how you're feeling with absolutely hr is there um, mm. as an independent person if you feel um, that that's the only route that you've got mm. but I would feel that we would have failed as an organization if people feel that that's their only route to have the conversation that they would love to have with their okay. manager. I want to talk a little bit about if I may uh, about performance appraisals and, and the whole sort of appraisal process and what's your thoughts in terms of the whole sort of continuous monitoring performance improvement plans if somebody isn't performing mm. you know you talk about no surprises culture and, and not being surprised and, and so forth you know what does good look like in your view i think um you know in in any organization in any system so i've seen it a couple of different ways i've, I've seen it where ratings have been removed altogether yeah. um i've seen organizations that don't have appraisal systems yeah. and then i've been in organizations that have had quarterly um formal appraisals and ratings every three months i think the best appraisals are the ones that just happen all year round so yes you might have a formal kind of point in your cycle in your organization where you enter a rating into a system and you have a more formal discussion but again that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody those conversations should be happening naturally in Mm. regular monthly one-to-ones in weekly interactions as a as a leader you should kind of be on the pulse on what your team are, are, are delivering and doing on a on a day-to-day basis and you know are we on track are we off track and if we're off track we're having those open conversations about why and, and what needs to be true to to get back on track mm. um so i think it's very my ethos is is quite similar to the conversation that we've just had which is mm. it should never be a surprise to people and it should just feel like a a natural ongoing conversation rather mm. than a stored up conversation for end of year Um, there's nothing worse than being on the end of an end of year conversation where your manager's stored up examples (laughs) of when you haven't quite hit the mark or oh I didn't quite like that decision you made six months ago but I'm only just telling you about it now Mm. that doesn't feel great for anybody Um, Mm. so in the moment real time and 
I guess, more coaching conversations. Mm. So being aware of how you're delivering that feedback and, and how it's being received and responded to by the individual that you're having the conversation with. Because mm. ultimately, as leaders and, and as individuals, we want to get the best out of people. Yeah. You know, nobody comes to work to do a bad job. Mm. Um, so how do we get the best out of people? How do we realize their potential? How do we help them to see the things that they're naturally brilliant at, but maybe the things that they have to work a bit harder at to um, to get to because it's in their blind spot or um, something that they're still trying to sharpen or develop or, or strengthen? Another phrase, which is a bit of a buzzword, Jade, is uh, accidental manager, where somebody really ha- you know, is very good, th- good at their job, they're you know, technically competent, and suddenly they're now managing people and because they've been there such a long time or yeah. they're very good at it and now they become a manager, but they've never seen themselves as, uh, as, so, there's themselves as a leader no, no, and maybe have no real experience or qualifications or education in the mm. field of sort of management and people i mean you've studied psychology and so forth but that's not everybody's bag you see yeah. they just see they just want to do a good job and that's it but now suddenly they're managing people yeah and that is a blessing but it can be also quite troublesome for for that for that individual because suddenly they've got a responsibility any sort of thoughts advice experience that you wish to share yeah <laughs> and i've definitely <laughs> seen it um, yeah. happen so I was chuckling as you were as you were describing even, even the, rel- the reluctant person who sort of said you know so good and you're sort of encouraging them to say yeah. you know what you should go for this and and they, they don't want to do it they're happy yeah. in terms of what they are and you think you know what you could do more so much more yeah definitely yeah. I've seen scenarios play out <laughs> where um individuals like you say are technically brilliant yeah. and they think that the only way to progress any further is to then move into management yeah we have these debates. I had debates um, on this in previous organisations that that I've worked at. How do you create a technical career progression pathway but, yeah. as well as management and leadership? Because yeah. yeah. not everybody wants to no. be a manager. Not everyone's cut out to be a, a manager or, or yeah. a people leader. And but people need to see a, an alternative pathway. So I think there's there's that there's organisational design for employers and businesses to think about um, how do you create that alternative pathway so people don't feel forced mm. to become something that they're either naturally not not great at or it's not really what they want to do it's not what they set out to be so there's definitely that aspect of it and then i think there's some there's some stuff for organisations to help people to to transition okay. so um one of the things that i always reflect on is the skills and experience that has enabled people to get to where they they are in their career today are not the same skills yeah. that they need to take the next step. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts with, again, being open and honest and clear. So to quote Brene Brown, clear is kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so be clear with people. Yeah. You know, you, you've been brilliant at this, this and this. This is the situation. Mm. Um that requires something from you now and we talk about situational leadership so Mm. what does the team currently need from you what environment and context are you operating within Mm. what levers are you going to need to pull as a as a leader and it might be you need to really bunker down on one thing for the first six months but then you need to you know ramp up something else in the next 12 so what does that team and that environment need from you as a leader um, and how do you tailor that 
to get the best outcomes or, or the best results. Um, and then understanding as a, because somebody's recruited you into that role, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your line manager now has a responsibility to help you grow as a leader. So mm. how do you help people to, to strengthen the areas that they just either have never had exposure or experience to? Um, how do you coach people through some of the scenarios that they're going to face for the first time as a manager or a leader? How do you be that cheerleader for them? Um, especially when we talk about women in leadership, typically they're the ones that will suffer from imposter syndrome yeah. or maybe question themselves more. So making sure that the right infrastructure and the support is around new leaders because they'll question themselves, have, have I made the right decision? Oh my goodness, why did I decide to be a leader? This is really tough. Um, it can feel quite isolating sometimes. Um, so making sure that people have got their own network and their own peer group and, and their own safe space that they can go to for guidance, counsel, and just pick-me-ups when we need it sometimes um, mm. as a leader. So so they would be my definitely my pieces of, thank, of thank advice. Thank you for sharing that, Jade. I mean, I know you're, you're a big believer in lifelong learning and you're continuously learning and developing. And even though you're a professional with all the qualifications you've got, you're on that continuous path of learning and developing. Uh, talk to us in terms of your personal sort of, I mean, how, do, how do you keep abreast of what's going on? How do you keep the, the front face of what good looks like as well? And you know, how are you personally sort of keeping on top of things yeah yeah <laughs> definitely um so my curiosity slash nosiness yeah um so i love learning what other people are up to yeah. um so things like listening to podcasts like this yeah. reading blogs reading best practice going along to conferences yeah. tapping into webinars um using my own network you know, yeah. what are you up to? Or we've got this particular challenge. Have you come across it? Yeah. I think knowledge sharing and yeah. tapping into people sort of that do, and, yeah, yeah, that do similar jobs to you in different organizations and different industries mm-hmm. is invaluable. Yeah. Um, so I definitely make the most of my external network. Yeah. Um, you'll always find little, little nuggets um, from other people. Um, that you can steal with pride <laughs> yeah, yeah. and take away. And that's why um, I'm passionate about also sharing what we do and what we've learned and quite open about, you know, things that have gone well and, and things that we've learned and done differently. Mm. Because if you all share, then you all continue to kind of raise the bar and raise the standard yeah. and therefore everybody gets better. So, yeah, definitely curious and i guess time optimization so we were talking before the um the podcast started yeah. commuting time yeah. perfect time to listen to podcasts yeah. it's dead time you can't yeah. do anything else yeah. so i'm smart about where i fit it into my day so it doesn't feel like another thing yeah. um that you've got to make time for yeah. um so having a little look on linkedin every night scrolling what what are people up to what are people sharing just naturally part of your life, really, yeah, to a certain level. Yeah, yeah. So how do you, you build dip, it into your daily dip, habits? Yeah, habits, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. And that's, you know, one of the things that I think is really helpful for people to do because quite often in busy jobs and busy organisations, your own development will fall to the bottom of the to-do list because mm. when you stack it up against everything else that you need to deliver, 
typically you always put yourself last. Yeah, <laughs> I've got 10 things that I need to get done today and reading that article just isn't one of them. Mm. Um, so how do you just build it into your day-to-day so that so that you're doing it without even realizing it or it's not a big thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. but, you're, but you're keeping yourself developing and learning new things and in my personal um, experience, feeding that curiosity <laughs> need as well. Fantastic. <laughs> Jade, you, you spoke a little bit about employer brand and, and how Seven Trend might, may not be recognized in certain fields. And obviously, that, that's one element of it. But there's mm. also that personal brand, which is, you know, yourself and your team who are going out there and connecting with individuals because, the, you know, we've all heard the same people buy from people. And so you're you're going out there networking and, you know, you're you're also docking on doors and you're, you know, showing up, uh, which half the battle is, is showing up and you're, you know, coming to our events and coming and supporting many other causes and so forth what does that look like in terms of your engagement with outside causes and and these sort of initiatives i mean i know you're a uh, director of the isc institute of student employers yeah. you know you're, you've been a judge as well for the isc what you know how yeah. have you cultivated your personal brand and your reputation really within within the field and slightly outside the field yeah i don't um it's funny i never set out to do it yeah. because I'm doing it to build my personal brand yeah. it always starts with oh I feel like I could add value there or oh I feel like yeah there's yeah. I, I would love to give back so if I think about my role as an enterprise advisor with the careers and enterprise company okay. it was because I wanted to help schools yeah. with their careers education program and with my network and my experience how can I help others yeah. um, rather than kind of flipping it and going oh what what am I going to get out of this what's what's Jade's personal brand going to look like <laughs> after I've done this um, that's, that's never that's yeah. never where I where I start from so I think it's I guess personal brands kind of an effect (laughs) of what I've done. But um, what I do is always, always driven by passion and interest. Authenticity, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, definitely. And um, we've been members of the ISC for for a long time. um, And I've been part of networks and community groups and gone along to, um, to conferences. But it got to the stage in my career that I'm at now where it felt like I was able to to give back on a, a broader and more strategic level. So when the director opportunity came up, it, it just felt like a, a natural next step to um, to help them drive their agenda on apprenticeships. And again, the thing that really um, excited me was being able to help educate and inspire hundreds of organizations to invest in apprenticeships that was the thing that grabbed my attention not so much being a director you know um status status doesn't do it for me it's the impact and the outcome that you can make you said at the beginning about purpose as well a purposeful uh, impact and so forth so fantastic in terms of the employer brand i mean i I mentioned to you while we were talking earlier on that uh seven trend is one of the very few organizations i've seen who are fully embracing Glassdoor. And for those that you don't know, Glassdoor is quite a well-known platform. It's a website where people go, can go and comment on what it's like working for a particular employer. It's worse than all, really. You know, yeah. you've got people who are you know, raving fans, loving it, and there's others who may not have had a great experience, but it's there. And, and it's, a, it's about allowing potential employees, potential graduates or mm-hmm. apprentices, uh, a sort of an insight of, 
what does it what does it look like working for a particular employer? And I've and I and I, we're talking about you know how open Seven Trent is with Glassdoor. Is this something that's uh, obviously it's a conscious decision? But how does how does that work for for yourself? And is that been a hindrance or been positive? And how, you know what's your thoughts generally yeah. about? The trip advisor for employers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still. Um, so again, we're quite authentic with it. So, yeah. um, like you said, it's quite organic. When people join our organisation, we'll say to them, "If you want to share, absolutely." You know, pe- people like you that were going through the recruitment process would love to know what you found um, of the recruitment experience and, and working here. But people will share what they want to share at yeah. the end of the day, um, and. You know, like you said, whether people like it or organisations like it or not, people will share. Mm. So it should be something that you're tuned into Mm. um, as a business and and keeping an eye on. And through everything that we do, the culture that we're trying to create at Seven Trend, the the leadership Mm. investment that we're making, the environment that we want people to work within – we're hopeful that all the things that we're doing will lead to naturally people saying good things about us because we're not doing it because we want the glass door reviews. We're doing it because that's the organization that we want to be. Mm. And it's important to us that people feel that they enjoy their job. They love turning up and coming to work. They feel like they have opportunities to progress if they want it. Uh, They get the right support from their manager and their leaders um, and they're bought into who we are as an organisation. And they're the things that we hope that people say about. Jade, I want to try and sort of uh, conclude on a couple of a couple of points, and and one of them is about peer support. I mean, you, you you spoke about how you know you've got that network and sort of social capital to a certain level, and how you, how you've got these sort of connections, and you know you can sort of reach out to phone a friend and get advice and and so forth. And so, if you're talking to somebody who's new into the role of new talent management and whatever you call it, early yeah. early careers and whatever title it is, what advice would you give? that individual trying to make a difference, make a change, uh, prove themselves as well. Because sometimes when you're new into a role, you can be quite eager, yeah. you know, trying to make a difference. What sort of, you know, from experience, what sort of words of encouragement and advice would you give to somebody in your field first in terms yeah. of early careers? So I think um, when I first came into the role, one of the things that I really wanted to do was just understand current state of the nation so like you said it's really easy sometimes to come in (laughs) with passion Mm. and enthusiasm and desire to make your mark and sometimes transforming things and changing too much too soon has a more detrimental effect than it does a positive so I would always encourage people to just Go in, seek to seek to understand, talk to lots of people. So I spoke to um, our executive team. Mm. I spoke to current apprentices, graduates, managers, Mm. the team themselves, other parts of HR. Talk to me about about new talent. Like, what's your view of it? Where do you think it should be? Tell me the great things that you love about it at the moment. What are the things that frustrate you about Mm. it? I guess it was my curiosity playing out again, Mm. just asking questions and, and getting lots of information and insight back in. That then allowed me to go, okay, 
These are the things that are working really, really well that I need to make sure that we keep doing and we keep doing brilliantly. These are the things that are either causing the team pain or are frustrating our stakeholders or our apprentices and graduates aren't Mm. getting the experience that we want them to. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that I need to fix? Mm -hmm. And then I think there's a, you can't fix everything at once. So what's the priority? (laughs) What's the thing that's most on fire that needs your attention first as a leader? Mm -hmm. And then what's your longer term vision and where are you trying to get to? And as long as every day you're taking a step forward towards that end goal Mm. and and better never stops, (laughs) um, then I think you'll be doing a a, a brilliant job. But I would definitely don't jump in, (laughs) be patient, absorb it seek to understand and be curious about who who is in your natural network um so i had a look at uh, on linkedin you know who who's mm. who's doing my job at national grid who's yeah. doing my job at other water companies who who's doing my sort of job in other west midlands organizations and mm. how do i start to create my network and, and tap into people and, mm. and find out what they're up to as well mm. and i think with a network you have to give as much as you take um yeah. so it's about kind of building those relationships a supportive and, sort of environment that's exactly country, uh, yeah yeah and sharing back so they, okay. they would definitely be my um my top tips That'd for anybody fun. coming in fantastic in terms of people looking for sort of advice in terms of next steps i mean you had a tutor who sort of guided you and you had a friend of the family not everybody's got those links and the social capital element of it what sort of advice would you suggest and give to somebody Who's unsure in terms of uh, career paths and, and so forth? I mean, who's out there in the field in your yeah. in your eyes, and who who do you recognise that this is sort of a uh, you know you would sign post or say yeah. you know, this as a starting point? So I actually think it starts with you. So when I'm talking to people that are career unsure, yeah, always start reflect. So um, I'll ask people what excites you, what interests you. Ask yourself questions around. Are there any particular businesses or industries Mm. that I would definitely really want to work in? And equally, where wouldn't I want to work? What sort of environment do I want to work in? Do Mm. I see myself working in an office? Do I see myself working on my own? Do I like being around people? Do I want to be outside? So ask yourself the bigger questions first, because I think that will help you funnel down so I, w- I was given a little bit of career advice to um, one of our apprentices. Uh, this was before she joined our apprenticeship program. And uh, she was saying, oh, I, you know, I'm thinking about payroll and I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. So we kind of took a step back and said, okay, tell me what you love. What were you good at, at school? What did you enjoy at school? And actually what, what it boiled down to is she didn't like math. She doesn't like working with numbers. She didn't really want to be at yeah. a desk in front of a computer every day. And I was like, well, that's pretty much what payroll is. So yeah. maybe that's not right maybe for you. Right. And I think there's value in figuring out what you're not interested in and what wouldn't drive value for you just as much as what you do. What, yeah. So I think get clear in your head some of the areas that intrigue you, you're interested in, you have a passion about. And then I think it's using the resources that are available to you. So if it's apprenticeships, the government website is brilliant. Like just go and be curious and have a look. Mm. Uh, If if you do have a a careers leader or a careers teacher and you're still at school or college, go and have a conversation with them. Have a look at and research organisations that 
are around you locally. I don't think I knew when I was at school who my local businesses were. You know, who do mum and dad work for? Who <laughs> who do their friends work for? You yeah. know, just start to kind of build your, your picture and, and your image out and who can help be your connector. Mm. If you don't have a connector, who can help you mm. make that connection? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some great resources out there now. So mm. I'm not for one minute saying that people need to go and check out our careers website. Mm. But we've got a careers quiz. There's lots of great resources like that out there Mm. now. So if you're really unsure, there are online quizzes and resources that you can tap into that ask you questions like, would you prefer this or that? Would you prefer this or that? And it will help kind of funnel you Mm. down into types of roles that might suit you or or types of industries that might suit you. So Use the resources that, that are available to you mm. to help you get really clear um, mm. on your thinking. Get that clarity of what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But most importantly, you're not alone. So a lot of it's about understanding yourself, isn't it? Is that emotional awareness and, and really understanding what's your drivers, what makes you work. Makes you yeah. work. Uh, I think this process of elimination, that this is not for me, yeah. is also a big part of it. So fantastic. In terms of uh, next steps for your good self and, and what's on the agenda, you know, your big projects, you personally, uh, Jaden, and, and also for Seven Trend, what, what's currently on your sort of to-do list or planning? And I know you said you work in cycles in terms of the, the business, five-year cycles yeah. and so forth. But, you know, what's next steps and what, what are the big things? Or what You know, what, what are the things that somebody should be aware of and anything you want to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I think... Um Work-wise, there are two big things that we want to go after. So we want to be able to have a skills and talent plan for that five-year kind of business cycle. So in an ideal world, I would love to know in the next 12 months, what does the next five years of our graduate and apprentice intake look like? At what point in that five years do we need to drop new programs and how do we start to get ready for those now? How do we make sure that we're really effective with the programs that we are running? Um, How do we blow up our digital and data and do we need a graduate program in that space? So they're all the conversations that we're starting to have internally to get us ready for, for the next five years of our business cycle. And then the other piece is our work experience. Um, So we've revamped our strategy. We've committed that we want to create 500 work experience opportunities a year. 500 work experience. Yeah. So we've we've kind of started to create our toolkit on Mm. what that looks like. But I want to be so much more structured Mm. with what that looks like and making sure that we can create something for everybody in Mm -hmm. that toolkit so whether you're still at school whether you're at college whether you're at university whether you're somebody already in a role or you know you might currently be unemployed and you just don't know how to get into the world of work or back into the world of work whatever your personal circumstance might be how do we make sure we've got a work experience opportunity for anybody um in our community so that's the Biggie so this is school we leave, want to try and schools, go after. colleges, or opening up seven trend to really for the community out uh, yeah. out there to yeah come and see it firsthand. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And then personally, as long as I feel like I'm making a difference, adding value, and trying to be bigger and bolder than than I was yesterday, I'm happy. Yeah. So personal growth, you're continuously on that journey. Yeah. And fantastic. Absolutely. Really, really, really. Thank you for sharing that and. 
and thank you for sharing some nuggets of gold. And you and I, obviously, we've been working, you've been supporting uh, our our causes. You know, Multicultural Apprenticeship Alliance, Multicultural Apprenticeship Awards, and and Pathway Group for for uh, for a considerable period of time for six seven years now. And really appreciate all your support. And it's been an enjoyable conversation. And thank thank you for coming out and spending time with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Jade. Thank you. If you are new to the podcast, then let me tell you there are already 59 other episodes out there and you can listen to all the past episodes by searching for Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen and click on the podcast image. We would also like you to review, subscribe or follow the podcast and please tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you'd like to know more, then go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to SAF's website, safraz.co.uk. Safraz has also written a series of easy-to-follow business books, Canny Bytes. These are available from cannybytes.co.uk forward slash buy the book. Next week, Safraz is in conversation with Graham Hastings Evans, CEO of NOCN Group. In the first of their two-part conversation, Saf is talking to Graham about his working journey and some of the major projects he's been involved with in the past. So until then, have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production.